but I feel like I didn't really know her. Like, I'd come home, and Dad would be just like, Lori's here, and we were out in the field. Him and I were just connected. We always were. I guess, too, sometimes I'm trying to, like, like, I hope I have some of her. I look at pictures of her when she was young, and she looked like a free spirit. Joining me today is a filmmaker that has their short as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival. It is Lori Luzinski joining me today on Moving Radio, the director and screenwriter of the short film, A Motorcycle Saved My Life. This NFB produced short uh, is gonna be screened as part of EIFF, like I said before, and you can catch it on October 1st at 3 p.m. along with several other shorts as part of a package. And as with all screenings at EIFF, you can see it down at the Landmark Cinemas downtown. Lori, welcome to Moving Radio. Thank you for having me, Christian. Hey, thank you for sharing this film with us. As people are going to be able to see when they when they check it out, this is a really intimate story that you're trying to tell here, and you're bearing a lot about yourself. It's a film that documents your past and coping with grief. So maybe can you give the audience a little more insight as to what uh, A Motorcycle Saved My Life is about? I guess it all kind of started about 11 years ago when my father suddenly passed away, quite suddenly. And a short time later, my mother passed away and I really didn't know what I was going to do with myself because they were very close to me. I did. I, I was, I, I was just very afraid of death. I was very scared of it. And, and when they both passed suddenly, I, I had no choice, but to start dealing with it. And, and honestly, I was learning how to ride a motorcycle at the same time. I, I got my learners after my dad had passed. He was someone that did not want me to ride a motorcycle. And after he died, I was kind of like, just, you know what? I need to live my life for me. And I got it. And then when I found out when my mother was quite ill, she was really excited about me learning to ride a motorcycle, which kind of was always the way it was. She was always very supportive of everything I was doing in my life. And then after she passed and I got my full license and then I just kind of really um, went overboard on riding. <laughs> I got, I got, you know, my one motorcycle and I, you know, I, and I do long distance and, you know, I took the bike and I rode by myself to California and, you know, met up with a lot of other women riding motorcycles and was starting to find a new community. And, but all that time in the seat on a motorcycle by yourself, it allowed me the space to really be present. And I think when you're dealing with, with grief, and it's not something that we learn how to live with or learn about in, in this Western culture is what grief can mean to our lives. I really just all those years and all of those hours and all those kilometers, I just, I learned actually how to live. I don't even know how to say it even, you know, more than that. I just, it made me want to live. And it just brought me and like, you know, I named one of my bikes after my mother. So my like I kind of say in the film too, my dad was a big road tripper. I'm still, you know, a big road tripper, even vehicles, but motorcycles, uh, you know, just even brings you more uh, in touch with nature. It seems so odd to say, you know, because most folks and especially a lot of women I meet are just are like, aren't you scared? Aren't you scared to ride a motorcycle? And aren't you, you know, <laughs> are you scared to ride alone? And aren't you scared? To, and I was like, no, that doesn't bother me at all. To be honest, I, I really, really love it. It just allows me, I, I really think to live more fully, always kind of having that presence of danger, I guess, too. And you've referred already a little bit about how, you know, this film that, uh, that you said kind of finds a way for you to exist with this kind of profound pain of loss like that. 
you know, when I watched it, I could feel that. But what I thought was really incredible is just how well you articulated that in like 12 minutes at this point. Talk to us a little bit about the challenge, Lori, of going through something like this, which is, you know, for you, a life-changing moment. And in some ways is, is several different epiphanies at once. And to try to condense that into 12 minutes, which you do so greatly, but you also don't kind of beat the audience over the head with this is what you should get out of life when you're dealing with this. So talk to us about that, how you definitely balance that in a short film. I always, you know, I've been, you know, a filmmaker um, for, you know, coming up to 20 years soon. I went to to film school when I was uh, like in 2002, 2003. And uh, you know, and I've produced a lot of things and, you know, long form things and feature films and like series and stuff like that. But I always find it's the short film is the hardest <laughs> to tell a story in. And I've made a number of short films too. And I've, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of talented filmmakers and been part of that process. You know, I knew what I wanted to say, I guess, in so many ways. And, you know, even though it's a documentary, it's quite scripted in, in a sense, because, you know, when I was going through development with the NFB and working with, you know, Terry Snellgrove, my producer, I had an opportunity to go on a trip and interview uh, a number of my relatives and and really get a, you know, an understanding of their I guess a little bit more on their beliefs on grief, but also like their relationship that they had to both my parents. So I was really able to craft a really solid script before I even started filming. So when I, you know, when I started filming the documentary, I pretty much knew uh, what I wanted to capture. And then, and then it also being super uber prepared in in pre-production allowed us to, you know, have fun and be on the fly and, and get some extra footage that we wouldn't normally and be able to like see opportunities that weren't, you know, that we didn't think of and stuff like that, but just really how to explaining to folks ultimately how a motorcycle saved my life without, as you said, kind of like being very prescribed about it and being very expositional in um, the voiceover about it. But it's really just, I was really pretty clear about the visuals that I wanted to help convey that. And, and part of it, trying to, trying to bring the audience like on my bike with me, like to just try and, you know, get them as close to me as possible. That's why I want the audience, you know, to, to like when they're watching the film, it's like, I want them to feel like they're with me. So I think too, like that emotional connection was, is really important to me when I was wanting to make the film is that I think everybody has a relationship to grief, whether they really want to explore it or not (laughs) at this time of their life. You know, I I found it interesting because, you know, as much as you title it, how a motorcycle saved my life, I feel like you could substitute a lot of different words in there. I mean, the motorcycle is maybe just the one is the vehicle itself, literally uh, in the film itself. But it's maybe about like how solitude, how reconnecting with my family, how finding more of myself in my connection to the past. Like, I feel like all those things I could have filled in the blank of how the motorcycle saved my life. Did you kind of look at that as too? Is it's like, well, that's, that's my hook. And particularly with the visual, but I wanted it to transcend that in different layers as well, not only visually, but maybe emotionally with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, another connection with motorcycle is just, it is, it is being in touch with nature and landscape and and landscape was a really, is a really deep part of my, my past and uh, where I grew up and that land that I returned to and, and to just, you know, and to have those photographs 
really seem like they were of that landscape as they were, as, as you'll see in, in the film. And it really was, it was like, you know, there was that, those moments of being with my family. It really was reconnecting in, in so many ways and, and just trying to like demonstrate it's really the simple things that matter, right? It's just about those connections. It's connection to land, it's connection to like the folks that you love and it's connection to self. Like really, obviously I don't think everyone's gonna jump on a motorcycle and, and you know, heal themselves, but you know, it was something that really, really worked for me. But it's like you said, it, it was all those things for me. We're speaking today on Moving Radio with filmmaker Laura Luzinski. We're talking about the short film, A Motorcycle Saved My Life. You can catch it as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival on October 1st at Landmark City Center Cinemas at 3 p.m. You talk about your goal being in this film to try and make the audience feel like they are on the road with you, particularly in those kind of opening scenes of the film that I think really establish where you're trying to go with not only in some ways visually, but I think also like spiritually yourself and like what that trip does for you. And I thought that hybrid between your work with your DOP, Diana Perry, the sound designer, Eva Madden, and sound recordist, Srila Chakrabarty, I thought you really like mixed together this idea of like those shots of you riding on the bike down the highway in these different places and the sound itself you know, minus the score at the beginning being that score for the audience at that point in time uh, and giving us a sense of what that feels like. Talk to us a little bit about maybe those conversations that you had and how you wanted to approach those. And then also how you kind of put that together into really tight and concise to give the audience a feeling of what it was like for you to be in those moments to kind of ground yourself. You know, sound design was always going to be such a big part of, of, of telling the story. And I'm, I'm a real sound nerd. That's really I was told you know something in film school a long time ago that 85 percent of what you think you see you actually hear and I do take that very seriously so the sound design was always going to be um quite um um a, a major part of the storytelling and as well like my editor Jocelyn is a real big sound person so we had a lot of fun even like during the picture edit and trying to determine like you know what kind of sounds and and she did it a pretty extensive sound in while we were visually editing and, and to the executive producer, Shirley, um, you know, this is what film is so amazing because of all the collaborations and what everybody brings to the table and just like, you know, Shirley and talking about like, you know, that initial sound design and like how that sound design should be matching like the emotional state I'm in. So it seems very, you know, frenetic and, and loud and a little bit scary at the beginning because I'm, I'm unsettled, right? I'm emotionally unsettled and I'm emotionally unbalanced and, you know, the motorcycle sounds and, and the sounds of nature really um, enhance that, enhance that emotional space that I was in. And yeah, like, and, and you know, obviously Srila, who was doing location sound, like was often <laughs> like for hours out by herself, just collecting sounds from like the highway, from the forest, from the trees to like butterfly wings. And like, you know, it was really like, really, really amazing. Having someone like Eva, the sound designer, who is such like a very, very experienced sound designer and just bring in all of the extra sounds and making sure like all the sounds that we're bringing were authentic to that space. You know, like she used birds from that area. She used nature from that and like trees and leaves blowing from those specific trees. So the authenticity of the sound, which was really, really important to me. And I just, 
all those levels and all those partners just brought their A game and put everything into it. Even trying some unusual things, it might not be discernible until you're in a theater and you hear the full sound, that hum of the motorbike almost the whole way until it stops at one point. You don't really notice it, but when you're in the theater, you're getting like, when we were mixing, you can really, there's an always a constant hum that's happening because I'm coming back and forth from maybe memory, maybe fantasy. And meanwhile, you know, you're still trying to make it, uh, the audience understand that we're still on a journey together. It's it's interesting that you note that idea of, obviously the audience is on a journey with you, but if you look at it the wrong way, you look at it as like, oh, this is really just Lori trying to define, you know, herself and kind of figure out in this journey. And that's what I thought was probably the easiest thing that people would be able to connect to is that we've all been in this situation where we really lost someone really important to us or something or, or dealt with some level of grief that you are experiencing in the film. And it's less about this is solely my experience. And I could see everyone who not only worked on the film, but your family members who are featured in the film and for sure audience members would have something they could kind of gravitate towards, you know, whether their experience was directly like yours of like, Oh, a motorcycle, there's gotta be something that helps them get to that. Is that what you found about this short film is that through going through it, your family, the people working on it and audience members are finding ways to like deeply connect with you in, in maybe ways that, that maybe you hadn't anticipated even. Oh, yeah, completely. The beauty of grief, if you accept it and you allow it, it's like there's the beauty on the other side that it allows you to let other people into your life, right? And it allows you to be vulnerable without fear, allowing that vulnerability and to being present and just being open and um, and that everyone is it was definitely when I you know first talked to everyone about the film, it was just like it was an open invitation to be emotionally vulnerable themselves and it was a space that we could all be that together and you know we could laugh about grief and we could cry about grief and we could make jokes about it and but it also allowed everyone the opportunity to share their own grief stories which I think was healing for all of us that worked on it just to because it's not it's just not something that in our culture is that people are comfortable with so when you get into these situations where it's like the crux of the story everyone has a story and everyone has a connection to it. So I, I do think we all bonded quite a bit in our own personal grief journeys in what, in telling this story in my story, but also with the folks maybe on their own dealing with their own stories. It's interesting because, you know, as much as it's a, truly a universal experience, many things in life, because it's difficult to talk about, probably that's why people avoid it the most and try to find ways in solitude, a lot of times of dealing with it. And I think that that's, what's interesting about this is that you found that in that element of solitude, but you also had to share it not only with an audience, but with your family. That was kind of my takeaway, at least to like the important thing that I was getting out of, of hopefully what you were trying to say with the film as well. I thought that was just really strongly communicated. Yeah, it really was. And I like what you're saying. And it's so like, cause I was in solitude for many, many years about it before I allowed myself to be vulnerable and open with people. And the thing too is, and like, I got to say things to my family that I've never said. The healing in those moments is just, it's indescribable. Going through this experience and telling a very personal story about it. And I'm, I'm terrified to show it to people. Just, you know, I don't, you know, it's like, I, I'm going to have to do a lot of like uh, <laughs> Epsom salt baths going forward. I'm so thankful for the experience and that the NFB you know, saw something in my story. And I do hope when they, when they leave the screening that 
they have people they love and they call people they love and they tell people that, you know, that are important to them, that they're thinking of them. We've been speaking today on Moving Radio with Laura Luzinski, director, screenwriter of the short film, A Motorcycle Saved My Life. You can catch it as part of the Edmonton International Film Festival, October 1st at 3 p.m., along with several of the shorts as part of a package that will be featured on that day, as with all screenings at the EIFF. You can catch it at the Landmark City Center Cinemas downtown. Uh, you can always find out more information on their website uh, quite easily. And I'm sure if you don't catch this at the time when the screening is happening, uh, that there'll be more ways to connect with Lori's film and some of her work through the NFB website. Would that be accurate to say, Lori? Yeah, yeah. At some point it will be released. All right. Lori, uh, thank you so much for sharing your story with us and for the beautiful piece of filmmaking and congratulations on it. Although it seems so weird to say about the journey that you take on it. It's a journey that I think you let everybody take with you and they're going to find their own. Uh, thank you so much, Christian. I really appreciate this conversation.